0: Ho, ho, ho! And now Casey with a special message.
1: Thanks, Santa. Yes, here I am. And we are so excited to let you guys know it's been a crazy month off. And we are more than ready to hop back on the collective wagon, or sleigh, if you may say. Um, We start the next collective on January 9th, which is coming right up, right around the corner We know the holidays are over, so you are more than ready to get started studying with us. So head over to www.studynotesaba.com and save your space in the Spring Collective. January 9th, we start. We're gonna meet every Monday and Wednesday night for 10 weeks. We're gonna guide you through the entire fifth edition task list, teaching you everything you need to know, taking all the notes with you, making it real raw, relatable, and really memorable. You're going to laugh a lot. You're going to learn a lot. And we are going to hold you accountable as your Behavior Bitches Boot Camp teachers. We cannot wait to see you. So please sign up and we will see you January 9th. Love you. Mean it. Study notes, ABA,
2: ABA in a little x righted away.
1: It's Behavior Bitches.
2: Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. And we are here and so stoked for today's podcast. But before we get to it, we obviously need to toot our own horns or read what you guys have tooted for us. We live for this reinforcement. So, Casey, can you give us our review of the day?
1: I sure can. And I also want to thank those who have taken the time to get us up to 1,141 reviews. It means so fucking much. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This one uh, came in by Dev V and the title was Saved Me. It said, I graduate with my master's in five to six months and I plan to sit for my BC ABA in three months. I wasn't feeling like my coursework was sticking or that I was able to apply it to real life. I found your podcast, got your study notes program, and I can't wait to buy the BCBA pass kit, which is our BCBA box. Hashtag speaking it into existence. I love listening to you guys on my break at the gym and after work. Thank you for helping me better myself in the field.
2: If that's not our goal, I don't know what is. Totally. And look at that. There's there's a ABA concept in there. Do you see it, Case? Mm. No, tell me. That's okay. I do. Cause she was probably focusing on reading, so I was looking. What you are doing, Dev, is amazing. You are generalizing where you are learning. You're listening in the gym. You're listening on your break. You're listening while you drive. That's amazing, and that's also the best way to learn. Behavior pitches are great in lots of locations, so be sure to listen wherever you are, and thanks for leaving a review, and anyone else, go leave us a five-star review or no review at all. <laughs> Love ya. Unless it's constructive. <laughs> all right and we have the behavioral robot here to give us what behavioral principles we're covering today behavior robot what do you have for us today we will be covering antecedents behaviors consequences also known as three-term contingency sds s deltas reinforcement behavior skills training organizational behavior management Socially significant behaviors, token economy reinforcement, punishment, goal setting, differential reinforcement, response effort, individualized planning of programming, generalization, repeatability, external validity.
1: <laughs> All right. So we are super excited. I think this might be the most canceled podcast. In the sense of how many times we've had to reschedule with this awesome guest uh, in the history of behavior bitches. So I'm happy that she didn't just literally put us on extinction and ghost us. Um, but she is a she's definitely a tough tough one who just was like, I'm coming on, and she rescheduled with us many times. So thank you. So
2: we should also say it was our fault. We had to be the one to change the date. Oh
1: yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's not. So- oh, our guest is a, a show up queen. This is our like. Yeah. Lack of scheduling, inability to work Calendly with our producer's calendar. We don't know how to do anything. We think we're cool. We're really not. Okay, so this is really exciting because a lot of you guys always ask, like, what else can I do with my BCBA? Like, I'm burnt out in the clinical world. What do I do? Well, this episode's perfect for you. So her name is Kristen Peterson, and she is a BCBA. She got burnt out in the traditional clinical area, and so she moved to academia, Um, And then she had a childhood friend who was doing something in technology and convinced her to start a professional services company with him. So now what she does, which is so cool, she's going to talk a lot more about it, but she builds products based on behavior analysis, she's using her degree, for all things technology and business. So whether it's to have happier, more productive employees, um, why your inventory keeps getting lost, or why a leader is being a dick. Kristen will find a way to measure it and manage it. So she's a badass. Kristen, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
1: We're so excited to have you. Yeah.
2: (laughs) All right. So I know that after we got off our, we always have initial meetings with our guests first. And, you know, we like to have a feel out session where it's like, okay, do we like this vibe? Also, you know, after we started making our episodes every other week, you know, we calculated that gives us about 26 episodes a year. And we have this goal to make them awesome, unbelievable episodes. And so we've really been more selective with who we're choosing to bring on. Um, And our goal of the podcast is to have people we feel like would benefit students studying, but also disseminate the cool things that ABA can do uh, outside of the autism scope. So when we met with Kristen, it was like, oh my God, we need this girl on the podcast. Write me out. And so here we are. And if you could just, I remember when we were speaking, you gave us a little bit of like a background as to like what you were doing. I know we said it briefly, but if you could kind of just like how you got into ABA, what you were doing in ABA and what you're doing now.
0: Yeah, totally. So um, I, you know, I found ABA on accident. Um, You know, we had a family friend who had um, a kiddo who got diagnosed with autism uh, and was pretty impacted when I was a teenager. Um, and I found him just really interesting and I spent a lot of time babysitting him when I was like 16, 17 years old. Um, uh, then when I was like 19 and needed a job, I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to that school that he goes to. Cause he was really interesting. And I just walked in and I was like, I would like to work here. And they were like, do you know what we do? And I was like, nope, not even a little. Um, so they were doing ABA uh but this was kind of, you know, filled, super underdeveloped at the time. I'm almost leading more behavior modification, honestly. Um and I was just like, but I was like, this is so cool. I could like see it working with all of these kids and seeing these like really cool important changes. And it was super reinforcing for me. Um so, you know, kind of worked through a couple different settings, you know, worked at a nonprofit, worked at a charter school for kids with autism um, ended up at a for-profit company and quickly, you know, ended up in a clinical director role. Um, and the company was growing super, super fast. And I was kind of just in the situation where I was like, learning on my feet. How do I support these BCBAs? How do I make sure that we're keeping clinical quality? Started really, you know, needing to educate myself in OBM. um, and was like, this is it. This is it for me. I'm so passionate about this. This is so cool. Um, and you know, that's when I started getting, or started my PhD, Um, because I was like, I've kind of reached the end of like what I can kind of self-teach and, you know, the access to mentors I had. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of people, I got super burnt out in clinical spaces. Um, and you know, that's kind of how I like to say that Steve, my business partner kind of swindled me into this. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a really awesome journey.
2: So what is it exactly that you're doing now when you say he swindled me into this?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, our company is undecoded. Um, it's a professional services company. It's a consulting company. We're not an OBM company. We are a technology company. Um, so all of our customers come to us because they have some sort of technology thing that's not working. Um, and we work with a specific set of tools technology wise. Um, but the thing that, you know, Steve had kind of realized in working in that space was like more, like almost every occasion, it wasn't actually a technology problem that was like plaguing these companies. But as tech people, they couldn't identify where the people factors were kind of coming in. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah. So Steve was constantly calling me or like we, you know, would have coffee or go out for drinks. And he'd be like, I'm having this problem. What would you do? Uh, so we had kind of, you know, been going through that for a few years. And he's like, we got to start a company. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we got to start a company. We got to start a company. Uh, but when I like left the clinical space, I was planning on taking a year off. And then six weeks later, I'm like, Oh, we started a company.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) Sometimes it just happens and you're like, Holy shit.
0: Yeah. Like kind of just like kismet, right? Like all of the, all the contingencies lined up and like, it was just kind of the perfect opportunity to kind of jump on that and start this crazy experiment. That's been really cool.
1: So I want to, I want to learn about like a little bit of how you apply the behavior analytic approach into this tech company. And I think that might follow suit with your dissertation.
0: Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, you know, we, when we're working with our customers, we are really looking for a lot of those very basic things that, you know, anybody who's in your coursework, they're going to be things that they know. They're Are there appropriate antecedents at play? Are there, you know, salient SDs? Are there reinforcement for the people like using these pieces of technology? How are they trained? All of these kind of pieces, we're really going in and assessing that and seeing like, where are those holes? Where can we improve? um, And how do we integrate those into the technology and design the technology to account for that? Um, So, you know, I think, you know, from a traditional OBM perspective, there's a lot of these tools that exist out there, like the performance diagnostic checklist, if you're familiar with that, like, that is an excellent tool. But it's one of the tools in our toolbox that helps us like get to that outcome of like, how do we align, like how people behave and like what is reinforcing to get them to use these technologies to, you know, do business.
1: So one of the things that I also really loved and I, we tried, so one of the things on Snabba's back burner is like a Snabby university. And Ooh. we, we know that people learn through reinforcement. We definitely, and punishment. And you talked a lot about like level systems, gamification, like badges, like things that are going to make people yes. like feel like, even if it's just like something that pops up, that's like, you went for a walk at lunch way to fucking yes. go or something like
0: that <laughs> totally yeah so like our our wellness program i i'm so obsessed with it i think it's like the coolest thing ever and it's like one of the coolest things about zen decoded and that's you know we, that came up in our conversation uh when we met initially uh yeah so i mean like it is a gamified solution that's built in technology but it's built on you know the basic principles of behavior analysis so um, you know, gamification is kind of an umbrella term that's not inherently behavioral. But if you have that behavioral eye, then you can design a gamification system that you know toward issues of social importance. And for me during COVID, uh, you know, and our team, I was really seeing like, oh my gosh, we are we're a remote team, but we are like so burnt out. We're all so sad. We're all depressed. Like, what the fuck mm-hmm. is happening to our lives? um and so i really designed that to like fill a need that we had and that i personally had um and so yeah like token economy right like let's figure out like what are those target behaviors that are gonna like help us be happier and like let's put that in a token economy and relate that back to like our personal goals and what we each like want for our own lives and what wellness means to us as individuals um so we've got goal setting in there uh you know, differential reinforcement, because we're all different. And you know, we're, you know, thinking about response effort. Um, so for me, I was like, not exercising nearly as much, I needed more reinforcement to get my exercise routines back than like, the person sitting next to me. So we've designed this really cool thing that I think is like, such a huge benefit for us. And we talk so much about it internally. And it's, you know, just been a really powerful and like inspiring part of our company culture that I just love. So as
1: behavior analysts, we have taken the time to figure out what is the best amount of time to study? What do you actually need to study? And how can you do this on the go if you cannot join us in the live collective? We know that you're all testing at different times, so we put our heads together. We came up with the best digital study must-have bundle ever. You get all of our 20 classes recorded for two and a half months, perfect time for studying. You get our collective homework packet that you're gonna be able to test yourself after every single collective with multiple choice questions, fill in the blank, scenario questions, fill in the hashtags. It's gonna make sure that you know your shit. Then you also get our full mini mock bundle. That is nine mini mocks from section A through I with 25 questions each with amazing feedback. So you can test yourself on each section. Then you get one full mock of your choice, A, B or C. The only thing different is the name. They're all different questions. So you can pick which one you want. It's amazing. So anytime you're thinking that you don't know what to do or where to start, Head over to www.studynotesaba.com, go under test prep, and click on on on-demand video bundles and get the digital study must-have bundle. I'm telling you, it's going to rock your world
2: and make you pass this exam. Love you. Need it. Just for anyone listening to understand who is, with this technology you guys have designed, who is your consumer? Yeah. So basically, I mean, the original consumer was us
0: as a team, um, right? Like we designed it to fill a need that we had internally. And then we were like, you know what, we're going to like treat this as a proof of concept and pilot. And that kind of informed my dissertation, right? Like we are specifically running a study for features for my dissertation, um, which we're really excited about. And has been really cool. So but ultimately, once we kind of had things like more dialed in, we're like, yes, this is like now ready for us to like take to market and start sharing with other people now that we know that we've kind of we've got it right, Uh, you know, and run it through the gambit and had lots of people test it and give us feedback and all of those things. So um, yeah, that's like one of the services that we provide to customers when, you know, that's an appropriate recommendation for them.
2: All right. For anyone listening and studying, I think what you just said, Kristen, is a great example of that repeatability to try something out, see if like you you do it again, is it working? And then you want to see if it generalizes, is it just working for our team? Or does this technology we've created have external validity that we could generalize it to other organizations, other people, other teams? And so when we're talking about that in class, for example, we're always looking at something that we how can our research that we use go further to help others? And I think that's a great example of what you just said. Hashtag external validity.
0: Love it. Totally. Um, okay. So
1: I, one of the things that I like, I think what Leah and I also are experiencing, and we talked a little bit about with you, but helping people figure out how to hire people who fit your culture. And I've seen this a lot even meeting with like our organizational psychologist guy who's helping us guide, like, cause we're not a traditional company. We're not corporate. We're not this. And so you get so hung up on like their resumes and this and that. And so is that something you guys do as well?
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. And I'm so glad actually that you brought this up something it's like been so top of mind for me since last time we talked, mm-hmm. um, because we're hiring right now for five positions and it, we're going through a really, you know, incredible period of expansion. Um, and because of that, I really I really dove into the research to see, like, how do we actually align our, like, recruitment and hiring and screening practices um, to what's available in the science and also make sure that we're really priorita- prioritizing culture fit. Um, surprise, there is no research in that area. None. Not from behavior analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, So, and, you know. Which is why
1: companies can't keep staff.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And it's also something that's, like, so important to me because, like, yeah, we're fucking weird over at (laughs) Coded. We're weird. Like, people are going to be swearing. People go off on weird tangents. Don't bring up Legos or, like, the whole meeting (laughs) agenda is out the window. Right? Like, we're, like, a team of, like, neurodiverse folks and, like, we're, you know, we're not for everybody. Yeah. So it's like super important to me and you know when I'm getting into the research and seeing like there there's not a single article about this in the Journal of Organizational Behavior Management like what the hell are we doing mm-hmm. how have how have we not done this yet and so that's like a new thing since last time we talked that I'm really like thinking about and working on and like building a case study that I'm hopefully you know going to work toward publishing Um, not that I know the answer right now, but like, I'm, you know, taking data and I'm iterating on it and trying to figure it out because like, there's not a solution like that that exists in our science yet.
2: There's so much space. Totally. And I, I think too, I mean, just so you don't have to do all the research twice, I think there's some stuff you could take out of other fields that are doing such an amazing job. Like the, you know, like behavioral economics or, um, Oh, even like Casey, when we had Gil Winch on the podcast, he has mm. created about like, what was, what was it called? Reverse interviewing. It mm. it was something essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're putting someone feel in, comfortable you're, like, in the
1: process.
2: Yeah. Like making them yeah. feel comfortable. And it's like, what are you good at? Like, what do you like to do? You know, as opposed to like trying to make someone fit the role, utilizing their strengths. If you think like, oh, yeah. th- if they're a culture fit, you could teach them anything. That was kind of mm-hmm. like. absolutely
0: yeah and I totally agree with that and I think it's so important for us as behavior analysts to like be willing to reach outside of our own research um like I really see that you know our skill set is being able to reinterpret work from other areas and measure it in like a unique and interesting way to show that that also works from our paradigm or that it doesn't work right so Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to recreate the wheel. I'm trying to figure out how do I like measure that to like prove that that has that external validity and that it is repeatable and generalizable. So yeah. And but like rapport building in an interview, right? Like it's so important. Like you're interviewing me just as much as I'm interviewing you. It's like more like a first date, you know, or it should be.
1: God, I was just, uh, I learned this is a side note, but I think it's really cool. I was watching there's someone I think we're hopefully going to get on our podcast soon, mm-hmm. but um, she was talking about next time you go on a first date or an interview, sit next to the person, not across from the person. Ooh. Like riding the school bus, right? Like that's like the, like your next. And it's like, or just like go on a walk side by side or like, and the reason why is because apparently when you're looking eye contact, right, across, yeah. you're not really Ready reading the verbal... Snack you're not really reading the verbal (laughs) cues and the verbal behavior so much because you're so focused on that aspect of making eye contact and how you look and if they're
0: looking at you. It's like social norm thing. Yeah, but like when you sit
1: side by side, you're much more open. That's why she said like when you're in a car trip with someone or a train or a plane. I have conversations so much so easily on those areas because you're side by side. You're not facing each other. So I don't know. That was just another like – I think like in an interview with Zoom, it's so hard. You're literally like, here I am. I'm looking at myself and you. Like that's a double negative to me. Like this is hard (laughs) as fuck. I hate this shit. But like – Totally. But that's just another like tip that I I had heard that I thought was really cool.
2: Yeah. All right. So looking at the questions we get the most probably either to our email or Instagram, it's a lot of people – I mean first of all, I just want to say for anyone listening – If you're someone who's like, I'm so burnt out, you're not alone. And also, I I do think that for some people, it's a sign that you need to go and do your own thing in terms of, and and maybe it's outside of like the conventional um, way ABA is used prior. But also, I mean, something that I like that you have done, Kristen, is taken issues that you have seen and created solutions. So at some point, Someone listening, hopefully you're motivated by this. You got to be like, okay, so we can't all just leave what we decided to pursue. And we 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 have the capability to help a lot of people, but that's a perfect example of solution-oriented thinking in terms of like, I got to fix this industry. Like there's a reason people are so burnt out. But anyways, aside from that, that was just kind of going off. But I want to know when, when you left it, – it's scary when you leave doing what you – went to school to do specifically, right? Like I'm sure when you went to school you're like I'm going to work as a BCBA in a clinic or in a school or in a home. And so when you made that leap, what could you recommend for anyone else like thinking to do that? And also how did you introduce yourself to the world outside of ABA to share what you're doing or show your value?
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, And like, I feel like those are the questions I get the most often too. You know, I have people who reach out to me a lot on LinkedIn, like asking me these same kinds of things. I think these are on a lot of people's minds. Um, You know, for me, I think, uh, you know, being willing to like, take that risk, um, as far as like, I know that I am not happy in the space that I'm in and like the future is uncertain, but being willing to like take that risk and being willing to be like, I'm going to be flexible about what happens here was like such a good way for me to personally approach that. Um, and, it, and it also like really not natural to me. I really am like, I have a plan. I got to stick to the plan, but now I'm like, man, the plan is not working anymore. I got to change the plan. And so I think, you know, really thinking about like your personal values can really help guide you to finding, like, what it, what is the place that, like, makes sense for you to kind of go into um, and really, like, reflecting on that. Um, you know, I think that when, you know, like, l- literally just looking around you and, like, ABA and behavior analysis is everywhere. Like, it's in the wild all the time. And, like, looking at how can you just generalize the skill set you already have to another problem that you care about? Um, I have just like this wild set of totally diverse interests. And I'm just like, you know what? Every single one of those can be a business. Um, every single one of them. Um, if it's a need and it's like being unmet or like you can, you know, invent a better mousetrap, like the business world wants data and they want people with our skill set. We just have to figure out a better way of like presenting ourselves and marketing ourselves. The, the corporate people don't give a fuck about your credential, right? Like, they don't know what a BCA is. You, we need to find, like, really compelling ways of, like, communicating, like, what are our capabilities? Like, we can measure data better than, like, almost anybody, right? Like, I can whip you up the coolest Excel spreadsheet and build you something crazy that, like, you have never seen before that will fix a problem. Like, like those are the things that we need to be focusing on, like... Stop searching for like a job title with like OBM in it. You're not going to find it. We got to think creatively, right? Like what are things in, you know, we could think about it like a response class, right? Like performance improvement, continuous improvement, performance engineering, like find those words and start putting them together in different ways. And like use that to like guide your search to find those new opportunities, because you're not going to see one that says BCBA. You're not going to see one that says OBM specialist, it's not the way the corporate world works. So I think we need to think creatively and also think about how we're presenting
2: ourselves. Totally. And I think when you said that, it made me think of like instead of typing in the job title, kind of typing in the solution that you have offered. So if it's like, all right, I want to work on, you know, uh, I don't know. Client, I'm thinking, re- sta- staff, perf- like retention uh, or profitability retention. or like, like most things you – you look up, even if it's like you're like some chief of staff or a, you know, you got to realize having the behavioral analytical eye is such a one up to understanding problems of the world. And, and not only that, also realize that you might read a job description for let's just say I'm sticking with the chief of staff, kind of just like overseeing yeah. the different things. And in there, you might be like, okay, wow, I don't have experience. She's chief of staff. But like, They might really benefit from you coming in with pragmatic approaches because a lot of places have so many employees, sometimes too many employees because they have everyone for each tiny little speck of like – that. there's actually like no talking because everyone is like, you know, not involved in each other's situations they're dealing with or like projects. And maybe you coming in with that like – like that pragmatic solution or like parsimony as to why something is happening – you could really you know you're like oh that was easy i feel bad but <laughs> but you don't feel bad cuz you went to school for years for that but that is exactly what it is you're you're solving problems
0: yeah exactly then like and we're solving problems we are coming up with creative solutions and finding creative ways to prove that we did it right and like mm-hmm. that's what our skill set is right it's all it's all just generalizing the things that you've already learned and applying them to like a different context, a different population, but it's the it's the same skills.
1: One thing I love that you had said to me was, when you do go into like, whatever, other places outside of clinical, yeah, you're like you got to shut off that ABA behavioral brain and see what the other companies are calling it, and then turn the behavioral brain back on. And that's a lot what we do in our podcast when we talk to people in other professions. There are even, like, snipers in the military. Like, we are able to hear what they say and be like, oh, that's called this in our field. And they're like, oh, we call it this. And we're, like, all speaking the same language. Totally. The terminology is different. But when you're able to be flexible in your thinking, and I hope that's one of the biggest goals of our podcast, too, is saying, you know, we're all speaking the same language. So how do we all use this amazing skill set we have to you know, pave the way to other professions and other areas to get behavior analysis out there more.
0: Yeah. And I think honestly, like a problem that we have as a field is that we really insist on talking behavior. Totally. Right. That is not reinforcing to anybody, but other BCBAs. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just not. And like, we have to be, no, like it's a light switch. Like you have to be able to turn that off and on and shift your verbal behavior based on the audience that you're with. Uh, to make yourself reinforcing to them. Uh, I had so many experiences early on in this journey of like, you know, what's my elevator speech? Like, who, who am I? How do I present myself to these people? And like, I had a lot of frustrations that came from that, you know, for a while I was like, Oh, I, you know, I'm a behavioral psychologist. I felt like that's closer. Like people are going to understand what that means more than like BCBA and the number of like mommy jokes I got in response to that, I was just like, eh, gross. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, we better be careful. Ooh, are you gonna ask me about your mommy or about my relationship with my mommy? Gross. No thank yeah, you. Sex. That was not working for me. So I'm like I, the okay. word
2: mommy on top of it, like mommy makes it creepier. than, like <laughs> I mom. know. Like just I, so, like know. Ask, I mean, it's already weird. Like, like, oh, you're gonna ask me about my mom, but like you can ask me about my mommy. It's like almost as bad as like daddy. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's just like <laughs> icky. And it was like trying to figure out like how do I like well, every, navigate I mean, like, the space?
1: The last like eleven days I've flown eight flights. And like I always, wow. of course, I love speaking to people. And the number one question, what do you ask someone, what do you do? Like that's totally. like one the second what's your name, what do you do? Totally. And every time I'm like behavior analyst a hundred percent of the time it was oh wow you're analyzing my behavior I'm crazy or whatever I'm like oh god like no I'm not I don't give a shit about you (laughs)
0: well and that like really is not a good way to start that conversation no it's so like what I've kind of landed on now is you know I'm kind of like When I'm in front of a customer, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm kind of like the weirdo on the team, you know, like I'm not a technologist, but I'm like an expert in human behavior. I'm a behavioral scientist and I'm like really, really kick-ass at data and like really kick-ass at coming up with like really interesting solutions that you have not seen before. Right. And I'm like that, I mean, like that gets people excited and also Mm -hmm. gets that I don't get weird sexualized mommy jokes. I'm not interested in that.
1: <laughs> no, ma'am, not
0: available. <laughs> not for me. Extinction, no.
1: <laughs> I love that. Expert in human behavior, behavior, scientist. Like, I just like how you said that so quick. That was your elevator speech. You just yeah. did that in 10 seconds.
0: Totally. And it's like, that's wow. interesting, right? Like, I can do things that you haven't seen before and I can take the data to prove it to you. And people are like, oh, Okay like done hired cool (laughs) right And but like I have to put the work in and I have to like you know be able to do the thing that I said I was going to be able to do so you know there's a little bit of like there's imposter syndrome that comes up comes from that for sure I still you know
2: struggle with that but it's also like I what about being specific in terms of like like when I think about like a typical interview like let's say like you know I'm kind I'm sweet I'm timely I'm really organized it's like I do think you could sell yourself better by being, like, you see, like even, like, like you could look up, like, where the companies had issues in the past or, like, things that are even, like, obvious to, like, you know, like, I, I think of my sister who now is, like, head of marketing for Pizza Hut, right? My sister literally, she's not a behavior analyst, but she literally could pass the test. She's always, like, duh, I know the answer to yeah, that. Yeah, I, I listened to like, say, the, the yeah, episode when she
0: was on here. She was great.
2: Yeah, so she's, like, when she wants a job at a company, my sister reaches out to them and she'll write to them like, hey, you know, with all respect, like I mean this like in a respectful way, but I've noticed that you guys are completely missing a marketing opportunity here. The button on your website is causing such friction for the user, blah, blah, blah. I'd love mm-hmm. to, I'd be love to talk to you more about it, blah, blah, blah. And she gets offered. Why doesn't she apply to Snava? <laughs> she literally said, you guys can't afford me. I know. <laughs> That's what she tells me. She's like, You can't afford me. I'm like, first of all she's very rich. She's true. To, she's right. She's right. She's right. <laughs> <laughs> but one day. It's kinda baby, doing one that day. same thing. It's kinda doing that same thing. I mean, she didn't study marketing. I mean, she's just built her way up of seeing like different things in different places. But it's like she was like a psychology and Spanish double major. But just kind of going in, like, people love knowing that you are going to fix something for them that they've been struggling with. And, like, also, like, they think they figured out the issue. But you might see it like, oh, no, no, no. You guys all think it's Brady who's making the issues in the office. But there's a bigger systematic issue here of this, which is, like, as a VCBA, I love seeing that kind of shit. It's, like, so reinforcing. Totally.
0: Yeah. And I think I think we have to, like, balance that between, like, being coming in and just being, like, I know everything. Like, that's not going to land either, right? Like, being curious and asking lots of questions and, you know, showing up as, like, a learner I think is really important too. And, you know, I supervised this woman who was, like, I'm super passionate about animals and I don't know that I want to do this for forever. And so, like, she, like, went to, you know, the animal shelter and was, like, what's something you guys are dealing with? they were like, we have so many dogs that we can't get adopted because they, like, just come across as very aggressive in their cages. But they're not. But no one ever takes them out. So she's like, you know what? I can do FAs. I can do FAs on these dogs and help, like, figure out, like, how do we fix that problem? And that was, you know, through her really being curious and, like, asking those questions about, like, what is, like – what's a pain point what's a pinpoint that you know that you're having and like how can I take my skill set generalize it to help fix that problem you know I think there's so many interesting and cool opportunities out there if we just like think really creatively about it
1: and that's the coolest thing about applied behavior analysis is it's human behavior and animal behavior and and it's everywhere there is not one place you cannot apply our science there's just if you find one let me know cuz I don't think there's anything that you can even we were in Mexico the sea turtles behavior right like we were looking yeah. at the like their newborn babies and like watching them try to get to the water and like selectionism survival of the fittest like who's going to make it who's not like they're learning by consequence of running into each other and then they don't do that again so differential reinforcement and like all these things and I'm like it's you could literally apply it anywhere it's if you behave Absolutely. you are you can apply this anywhere
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. Give me an example of where it doesn't apply. Exactly. A dead man. But that's like, you know, we
1: know that whole dead man's test thing. Totally. But yeah, it's 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 amazing. And it should be so exciting for anyone out there coming into the field. If you're feeling burnt out, if you, you have options, right? You are not limited to a place that you're unhappy in. You have a skill set that is a superpower. And as long as you're curious, you actually can like study it and understand it right it's not just something that because you pass your board exam you're now this like amazing behavior analyst like you need to be able to apply it to everyday life and see it in everything that you do which i think is something like the, mo- the more people we interview i can see it like i can see it in you that you're yeah. like hell yeah i'm going into tech like i'm going to be like one of the only women in this space as a behavior analyst not even a tech person
0: totally yeah, absolutely, and that's been like such an interesting thing. But like, if people like, I mean, something that's a really fun way I think that people can start building up some of their skill sets to start generalizing that is like find things in your just everyday environment that you wouldn't think of to take data on, um, and start like oh, looking good. for those patterns and looking for like what do we know about you know schedules of reinforcement? You know, can you identify a scallop effect in like mm-hmm. the real world? um like for me I'm like a politics junkie and like I would I one of my BCBA friends and I we like during some of the um midterm elections you know we're like taking data we're like doing narrative FBAs and being like oh my gosh did you see that I totally see a discrimination between how this person responds to men and women and like let's look at the rate of behavior and like it's just that's politics and like Mm -hmm. that's just like I mean, obviously super nerdy, right? Like we were doing, we were doing that for fun. And that was like, That's our, really up in the though.
1: We, our lives think only that everything we do.
0: Totally. So I like finding ways to do that, um, you know, and exploring that, like you don't have to like change professions to like be curious and start looking for ways. How can you identify behavior analysis in the wild? And how do those, you know, how do those concepts still apply? You know, which it's also fun.
2: It's – I love it. It's It's everything. I know. I'm just thinking like my one neighbor, like their dog always takes a shit on my yard and I'm like, all right, what am I going to do here to like manipulate this environment? Like what am I going to do? Like put fake cameras that they like, you know, antecedently? Am I going to put a big sign? Like it's just like always thinking like how am I going to change this individual's behavior? It's amazing. So really? if if you have an understanding of behavior analysis, you have a, a – I always say it's like a superpower into seeing things from a different perspective. And once you see things behavior analytically, you can't unsee it. So that's so true. <laughs> like you, you literally can't. It's hard, you can't turn it off. So you're gonna so. like
1: nerd out on everything every day. And and find yourself someone, like, you know, Kristen was just saying she has her BCBA friend who they can like nerd out over that on politics or whatever. Like try to find yourself someone who you can talk this shit out with. Cause the more you can see it and tact it and label it and um, take data on things is only improving your skill set and your toolbox.
2: And for studying yeah. side note. And if you're studying, it's, it's great too.
0: Absolutely. And like, you know, that also makes me think about like something I've been thinking a lot about lately is like mentorship and like how we all need to have like a mentor, whether it's like and it's that could be totally informal, right? Like, you know, my friend who's a BCBA has a similar skill set but like sees things differently than I do and like being able to like bounce those ideas off of people um and having support from people even if they're not behavior analysts, uh like one of my like one of my mentors is a neuropsychologist and that's been like incredibly beneficial for me, but like I think mentoring and like finding those people is so important. um and, like, people want to do that for you. People want to answer your questions. People want to see that, like, reach out to the author on that that article that maybe you can't get because, like, of a paywall or whatever. They'll mm-hmm. send it to you. They will answer your questions. Totally. They will be –
2: They always say yes.
0: Exactly. People are so excited to do that if we can, like, be brave enough to just, like, make the ask. So –
1: and I will say one of the things that I feel so blessed is that people we have on our podcast have all become like our mentors. And even when we interview, like we just talked to Dr. Thomas Zabo, like all about ACT and like,
0: he's Love like it. someone that I'm like, oh my God, like freaking out about. Like, like fangirl it? Yeah,
1: I told him at the totally. end of the conversation. I'm like, I hope I was cool, but I was really fangirling. And he just laughed. He was so chill. <laughs> and like, now I have him in my like Rolodex of people that I can talk to and like I never once in my entire life thought that that would ever be possible but once you like I'm so anxious before these meetings let me tell you like with these like anyone that we meet with I'm stressing we're in it and they're like he's like you guys are the best podcast out there I'm like you listen I'm like what it feels really good but also like for anyone listening go through all of our guests and I'm telling you the reason they come on the podcast is because they want you to reach out to them and they will help mentor you as well so all it takes is an email. And what's the worst that's going to happen? They say they don't have time. Okay. Then move on to the next. But if you don't ask, you're never going to know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah. Well said.
2: All right. Well, Kristen, where can people find you?
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, mostly on LinkedIn for OBM related content, um, you know, Zen decoded, we don't have a great website because it's not a priority for us right now. Um, but so LinkedIn's kind of a solid space. I mean, if you want to see pictures of my dog, I'm on Instagram, but it's not, you know, that's uh non-behavior. Yeah. Non-behavior analytic content for sure. So LinkedIn's probably the best spot. Um, but yeah, I'll I love talking that to the to show people. notes. Cool. Yeah. My name is spelled kind of, we call it a Utah special.
1: Um, I literally was <laughs> trying to find our notes today and I was searching through every drive notepad I had and I'm was spelling your name wrong. So I finally, at the end, yeah. I'm like, Leah, I don't know where our notes are. And then I just typed in OBM and you popped up on uh, my notes because totally. I was spelling your name wrong. So it's spelled K-R-I-S-T-Y-N, Peterson.
0: Yeah, I, I before Y. I got to thank mom and dad every day for that one. Never got any like <laughs> named souvenirs and people can never find me. So
2: <laughs> I feel you. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
2: Uh, I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming, Kristen. Thank what you guys doing, so much for having me. This is so cool. What you're doing yeah. is so helpful for so many people to like set that path and hopefully give us a good name. Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, hell yeah. That's a great compliment. Thank you. Yes,
2: you are.
1: Love Spread it. Spread the word, baby. Disseminate that shit.
0: Yeah. Well, um, Kind of a side note, Leanne, You shared one of her job postings, and that really helped us so much. Oh my god! Had-
2: I actually want to tell you, I love sharing your job postings. I see so many people post stuff all the time, but I'm like so excited to see something out. I- anytime you want me to share one, just tell me. I'm happy too because I'm not on LinkedIn all the time. So when sure. I see it, I'll reshare it. Um, but yeah.
0: We got, like, 70 applicants and, like, a lot of – I started asking people, like, how did you find us? How did you find us? And, like, these people, like, came to us in these interviews so passionate and just, like – I mean, like, I cried in multiple interviews this week. Uh, Like, that's no shit. (laughs) And, you know, so many of those people were from, like, the community that you guys have created. And, like, I feel really grateful to have been, like, included in the bubble because, like,
2: I'm totally benefiting – it's been amazing. amazing.
1: So that makes my heart. Well, sick. I
2: said I what I wrote about it. I was like, literally, it wasn't like someone like making me post it. I was like, dude, if I wasn't like tied down with study notes and all the different things, I mean, I love what I'm doing. Like yeah. this is a job I would take. So was happy to wow. share it. My pleasure. Yeah,
0: Steve calls That's me and so he's cool. like, "What the hell is happening on our LinkedIn? What's happening?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh
2: shit. <laughs> So same, uh, it was really. The, same, was the same thing happens here when I'll post. Like, anyone want to be a CEU contributor? Jordan's like, what the fuck did you do, Leah? I have 9 million <laughs> emails. I'm like, this is amazing. She's like, but you realize I have to be able to fit these all on my schedule to meet with people. And I'm like, and so like, I'll like be like, I'll like play trigger her, like, hey, Jordan, is it cool? I just posted again. So be on, she's like, what? I'm not going to <laughs> Yeah, so no, it's amazing. It's like really our really
1: community cool. is something super special.
2: Absolutely. It's yeah. it's great. I really appreciate
0: you guys. This has been awesome. Kristen, you rock. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. You guys are amazing.
2: All right. You guys know where to find us. You could find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, on Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast. You could find our website, behaviorbitches.com. Please reach out to us with any topics or ideas or guests if you want to come on or you know someone amazing or you have feedback for us, and please, please, please leave us a five-star review. I know I sound desperate, but whatever. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I live for the five-star reviews, and it keeps me coming back here to bring this to you all the time. So without further ado, as always, love ya, mean it.